Brian, is there anybody on your wish list that you've never seen? Yeah, I was just thinking that as you said it. And, I mean, other than I, I immediately flash back to the 2020 lineup, which is the greatest festival lineup in the history of all festivals. <laughs> Miley Cyrus is never going to be on a wish list of mine that I just make out real quick. But, boy, I was looking forward to that, you know, three years mm-hmm. ago. But for mm-hmm. me personally, just from music that I've I've listened to my whole life, they've damn near all been there. I mean, it's pretty damn close to literal that they've all already been there. Is there somebody? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm not going to think of it quickly. Well, I mean, for, for me and Barry, it's Dolly. But, um, yeah. you know, that's a pretty easy putt. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever. Let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone. All right. Well, welcome in, everybody. It is July 6, 2023. That is a little excerpt from the latest from the What Podcast. A, I don't know if it's a series is the right way to put it, but several post Bonru 23 recap episodes that you can watch on YouTube or download anywhere you download anything. I joined the guys. It was a lot of fun. You'll hear from them again today, amongst many, many others, on the Stone on Air podcast. Yeah, so if you're a fan of uh, music festivals and music in general and little pop culture and things like that, the What Podcast might be for you. If you're not a fan of those things, then it's not for you at all. Uh, As I mentioned, you'll hear from them again, as well as many, many others today as it's a slow news week. It's been a slow news month here locally anyway, and I don't really have any burning issues to get to, so I decided to go down the easy route. It's sometimes very entertaining, sometimes it's not. I guess it depends on who you ask. But it's also fun for me. It makes this job, I put that in air quotes, this hobby of mine, the supposed for-profit venture known as a Stone on Air podcast, it makes it easier for me. Less, It's technically more work, but it's less brain power, if that makes any sense. So in the second segment of the show, I'll um, kind of just be a further extension of what is normally the open, a handful of different things, uh, topics, and commentary That'll take uh, up the middle portion of the show. And in the final segment of the show, I endlessly scroll through TikTok so you don't have to, as we'll call it the audio fun segment in the final third of the show. I've got about 10 cuts. I highly doubt we'll get to all of them. None of them are overly important. Some of them I grabbed as I was in somewhat of a mood of sorts. And so my mood has shifted since then, getting a very, very early start. Oh, this makes me so, so happy. I'll have all kinds of Wednesday night left for me when I get done tonight, but it'll be available, as you already know, as you download this, the minute that it's available, the minute that you're first conscious on a Thursday, it is the somewhat midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga. So I'm going to get to a few things here on the open. I will go ahead and still do three pieces of audio for you. I'll get you the realest thing, the worst idea, and the coolest thing to wind down the open here in a little over 10 minutes or so 
from right now. We'll start off with, um, so that question was, just to clear up in case it wasn't clear, uh, was there anybody left at Bonnaroo that I had yet to have seen in the 20 years I've been going? Is there a major artist or band that is on my wish list? And I really haven't thought about it since the question was asked in real time, and I still don't have a better answer. I don't really think there is. There's not a band that I can quickly come up with 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 the Foo Fighters being there this past year. They would have definitely been on that list had you asked me prior to this year. I can't think of anybody. Pearl Jam's been there twice. Uh, Neil Young was there in 2003. Buffalo Springfield with Neil Young and Richie Foray and Stephen Stills was there in 2011. Uh, I mean, anything that's realistic, uh, the Dead and Company's been there. I'm giving low-hanging fruit here on my um, my possible suggestions, and I just can't think of one. And anything that's on the mid-tier, I've, I've seen it. And uh, so that's a pretty cool place to be when you can't come up with one band or artist that you haven't already seen at uh, any festival or any gathering, for that matter. But in this case, my favorite place in the world, Bonnaroo. So happy 4th of July, everybody. Thankfully, it's over. With it falling on a Tuesday, I've noticed this year it seems to have been a much quieter 4th. And it the last like three or four years, it's been on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which means the 4th of July never ends. It like never ends. People are shooting them off on the 3rd, which if it was four years ago would have been on a Thursday, and then Friday, and then Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday, and it just, you know, it just goes on. It never seems to end. This go-around, we're on a Tuesday, which throws a lot of people off, and then I guess some people got four-day weekends. I don't know what you got to do in life to get a kind of gig that gives you a four-day weekend, but good for anybody who had that. Uh, they did go. I still was hearing popping in the air till almost 1 a.m. last night here at East Ridge. No surprise there. And I say thankfully. I mean, I love this country. I do. You're going to listen to this podcast today and think uh, potentially otherwise. I might be a little contradictory here and there. But um, the, the the nonstop celebration of itself in this country is just it's just annoying. It's all that it is. I love the opportunities here. I am a middle-aged white guy, uh, brown hair, blue-eyed, white dude who has a middle class and has had all the privilege and all the opportunity in the world. I've squandered most of it, but I've made the most of of much of it also at times. And I I am, um, you know, I'm very grateful for that. But the unconditional love of everything USA and that whole adversarial, we're good, everyone else is bad mentality, I just have trouble with. Most of this kind of stuff, this gross kind of stuff, comes from the MAGA types. But it's not just that. Uh, it is more than just the MAGA types. But anyway, happy 4th. Happy that we're done and over with that. And we can just kind of coast through the rest of July and start to uh, think about things cooling off and the fall festival season and the fall music and sports calendar, which um, I'm not trying to, you know, get summer over and done and out of here already, but it is starting to irritate me. We're getting April style wet uh, wet weather these days. I know we're going to get pop-up storms in the summertime. That's what happens in the South, but this has been more than that recently, and it's in the forecast every day for the next several days, upwards of a couple of weeks. And, of course, 
I go out to uh, cut the grass last night right at 8.30, wait until I just have just, I only takes about 30 minutes, I got a small lawn, and the lawnmower dies about an eighth of the way in of cutting the grass. And when that happens, for a guy like me, a very low-talent kind of guy, I mean, I have some talent in a few areas, but overall, I'm pretty worthless, especially when it comes to handyman kind of stuff. And so I did throw out a social media post on Facebook. Hey, if you got a small engine repair suggestion, I'll take it. Uh, Please and thanks. Well, I didn't get really that many suggestions, a couple, that I'll uh, look into more tonight and into tomorrow. And it's going to be one of the common things. It's going to be the carburetor's dirty, the air filter's dirty, the oil's never been changed, the spark plugs are probably dead. It's all of those kinds of things. And guess what I don't know how to do? Change or fix any of those things. And I understand I'm just a YouTube video away from being able to spend however long it takes to learn how to do some of these quite simplistic small engine repair things. But guess what I have zero interest in doing? This week, this day, this month, any day, week, or month, or year, that's learn how to work on small engines. And so the, uh, oh, here's all you gotta do crowd comes out of the woodwork, and I appreciate the help and the suggestions and the people who have even said, hey, I'll come by and help you. I've gotten that. That is such a cool and uh, thoughtful uh, gesture, but, um, hey, all you got to do is do this. Listen, I don't know how to do those things, and I'm not going to learn how to do them. So we'll see what happens between now and uh, the end of the week because I've got to get that figured out sooner than later. And it might just come down to buy a new damn lawnmower, maybe. I don't know. We will see. Um, Weston Womp is uh, at it again on Twitter. Just saw this as I walked out the door of the day job. This was not on the initial show sheet. But um, the Lookouts, Chattanooga Lookouts, posted a picture of AT&T Field at dusk. Quite a pretty picture. And said something, I don't know, whatever the caption was. Stunning or beautiful or something like that. And he quote tweeted it being himself. He could not not be himself on the 4th of July. And I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it pulled up. But something along the lines of, yeah, and to think the lookouts tricked the local politicians into giving them $100 million for a stadium because the sun was in the fans' eyes or so they say. Yeah, thanks for that, Weston. Appreciate it. Thanks for nothing. And he got a bunch of backlash from it. Nothing that really matters. I wanted to so badly start to just fire away with all the ammunition I had. I have all the emails, or at least I did. I don't know where they are now. If I wanted to find them again, I could. All the emails that show and prove, and the nepotism that is the Womps, that if he was able to be basically just handed, gifted, put in the position of the face, the president of the company, and um, unceremoniously firing Rich Mazingo, who is still in that current position now and uh, part owner at this point. I believe he does own shares of stock in the team. That he was all for moving the stadium, and that was part of the plan. All the way back to 2014, damn near 10 years ago, when there wasn't any kind of of uh, ultimatums, if that's what you want to call it, or or suggestions or anything from Major League Baseball saying if you don't upgrade facilities, we might move the team or the local owner saying that or whatever you want to believe, that's fine. That's up to you and everybody else to decide what you believe is or isn't true. But what we know for a matter of fact that is true is that both Weston Womp and Daddy Zach were completely on board 
with putting Weston in a position of power that he had zero experience or qualifications for at the time, and they were perfectly on board with moving the stadium damn near a decade ago. I decided to sit on my hands because it's Twitter. Who the hell cares? I put a very, I, I quote tweeted it, a very cryptic message that he probably understood, but most people don't, and most people don't even look at Twitter anyway. And every day I scratch my head. Why did I think it was a good idea to vote for this guy? And then I remember why. And then I go round and round. And then I also have to say, I said it last week, kind of in a drive-by kind of way, he might have been on to something a little bit. Maybe. Now, I, I don't think it's for any other reason other than build schools, not stadiums. Um, and his whole just war against that idea because it worked for his campaign at the time. And I do believe he actually believes it. But I also know for a fact he didn't used to as long as it benefited him somehow. But he might have been on to something because this is not working out all that well so far on the initial stages of that development on the South Side. When I get more on that, I will spend probably maybe an entire show on it, certainly a segment on it. But that has not been going well. Inflation has hit hard. The dollar amount looks like it's going to be excessively higher than originally said. And that is dragging, dragging, dragging on. And nobody really wants to talk about it. And I'm certainly not going to go, you know, banging on doors and messing up potential relationships at this point until I understand a little bit more. Plus, I'm not an investigative journalist guy. I'm not a news reporter. I am just a dude who speaks into a microphone and does topics and commentary and monologue once a week for an hour. So, more on that at some point. Uh, Real quick, from the Chattanooga Police Department, two things. First one, they posted this on social media, on Facebook, probably everywhere on the 4th. What's up must, what goes up must come down. Keep yourself and others safe on this holiday by refraining from celebratory gunfire. Firing a bullet into the air may seem harmless, but those deadly projectiles always come back down, and when they do, they can strike people and property. The noise of gunshots will not only frighten your neighbors, but it will invite our officers to your barbecue. While our officers are friendly, it does tend to put a damper on the party. Yes, don't shoot guns in the air for no reason. Uh, How about this? Ever! How about that? Ever! Ever. That would be cool. Please. And thank you. Uh, The homeless thing, the homeless shelter, I want to spend some time on. Won't do that today. Um, What else? A 20 under 40 is out again this year. Once again, I know nobody on the list, and I wasn't able to get a complete list yet. I saw the picture, though, the group picture, and I know a few names I could nominate here who probably aren't quite to the qualified nature that the 20 under 40 is. But how is Nick Lutzko not on this list yet? One of the most successful artists in the history of this town has not been featured in the Times Free Press chatter 20 under 40. That is uh, almost a you know, borderline crime. And oh, another thing with the CBD, the ride-along thing. I got the response saying, hey, you're in. And then nothing back since. And the more I looked at it, it almost appears that the email I got, it's like there's several people on it. And it's almost, I'm wondering if maybe it's a scam. Because I was, it's it's like a thread now. I got a couple other messages back. I don't know what you call that kind of email. CC'd with or whatever. 
And now I'm wondering if it was ever legit to begin with. And uh, so I don't know if I'll actually be riding along. I got a little excited about that. I want to do it. I think it would be a fun, fun thing to do. All right, let's take a uh, at least a sidestep here, play three pieces of audio before I continue with more topics and commentary in the second segment of the show. This is a, uh, a, a chick named Francesca Fiorentini, something like that. It's an Italian name. She's done uh, lots of different things, pretty liberal, um, almost too much for uh, my taste, but I just thought this was fun, and I was in a mood when I grabbed it. Let's celebrate the USA assholishly, is what I wrote here on today's realist thing. I wish we lived in, like, a modern nation, you know, one where, like, the railroads stayed on the tracks and shit. America has the most peaked in high school energy as a country, and every 4th of July, we put on our prom dress and our prom queen sash, and we butt-chug vodka like we're 17, light off fireworks and scream, I used to be No, you didn't. You used to be a bully, and you used to be relevant, and now you need to work a 12-step program back to being a functional country, okay? I I love the, uh, America has got such peaked in high school energy. That is very, very real. This is today's worst idea. I thought it was more recent after another look. It was over 10 years ago, but this is absolutely today's and every day, especially the people who are screaming their religious beliefs into my governing and my real world life and my politics and my law, this makes you look like a goddamn fool if you didn't already. This is truly the worst idea. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the RO7 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear Tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen. Oh, gag me. That is Joe Nelms, a pastor from a a suburb of Nashville at the Nashville track uh, about a decade ago. You really want me to believe your cockamamie made-up nonsense, and then you have numbnuts like that. Truly the absolute worst, worst idea. And we'll lighten it up here with the coolest thing, another one of the reimagined wedding songs. Um, I'll play on piano. I'll play it and let you... See if you can figure out what song it is before I tell you what it is. This is today's coolest thing. This would be especially cool if it fell on a certain day of the week. Doesn't even start 
last Friday. I'm in love from the cure. This is so cool. If you're gonna get married, if anybody's gonna do this nonsense, which I do not suggest, I would highly suggest if you're gonna do it, do one of those super cool traditional piano intros with one of your or your lovely brides or your future divorced wife uh, favorite song and at least have a little bit of fun with it. I will continue the topics and commentary of the Stone on Air podcast coming up next. Back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. So I mentioned I got to read. Dan Park commented, thanks for commenting. He said, the says the podcast where half of them, I assume he means half, weren't there <laughs> and one <laughs> left for a kitty cat. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so he's talking about hater. you not being there and me leaving because I had to go home and put my cat down because it was 18 years old and dying. So you're not wrong. You know, I, I, we weren't there. I agree, but whatever. That's what happened. Well, there, there was, there was sixteen years before that that uh, I spent plenty of time and paid the yeah, dues. I still think I know years. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, still well, think I, I was there it. for a month. You know, yeah. and Taco was there for the entire time. So yeah, he just got home. Yes, yeah, he's. Yeah. He mowed the grass as on his way out. <laughs> so I feel You're okay. You feel welcome, okay about it. Mowed the grass on the way out. Yeah. Um, and because I was a gozillionaire and I liked doing it so much, I cut that grass for free. Oh, I had to do it. I had to do it. Hey, Taco, come over and cut my grass while you're at it. Since my lawnmower's busted. Or if you can fix my lawnmower, that'd be cool too. That is Brad Berry, Lord Taco. Uh, my connection was coming in and out. The While we were doing the show live, it felt like everything was going well from my end. Once I went back, and I didn't watch or listen to the whole thing, but I skimmed through it, and my connection was not great. So I got to get a hard wire here um, because I want to do more uh, remote kind of interview-style things on in a podcasting nature into the future. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And as soon as I thought I had it nicked and I had it fixed and I had the connection where I needed it, it um, it didn't work exactly. It was close, much closer than it's been in the past, but I got to spend some time on that. So uh, that's just a little more taste from the What Podcast, if you fancy, aight? So let's go here. I got several, several things to get to. Many of them I've been just putting off from uh, the past few weeks or so. None matter all that much. I was going to do this earlier on the open, but I, I didn't get to it. Child injured from water slide fall at Lake Winnipesaukee on Tuesday. The state of Georgia is now investigating a uh, incident where a five-year-old child fell at, uh, at the amusement park. A visitor to the park told us, us being, I think this is News Channel 9, uh, is where I pulled this, that they saw what happened, saying that she and her family saw the boy, quote-unquote, fly out of the green and yellow water slide. And the uh, investigation is uh, underway. 
Uh, likely, this is nothing very serious at all. Some dumb kid probably did something stupid and fell over and then uh, cried uncontrollably when it probably wasn't hurt even a little bit. That happens so often with little stupid kids. I did it when I was a kid. You did it when you were a kid. And then, of course, the parents, oh, my God, my baby is dying. I've seen it as in my own family within the last week. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The kid's fine. There's nothing wrong with the kid. He or she is overreacting for attention. This is what they do. Nothing to see here. No problem at Lakewood Basoka, likely, but a massive problem. I don't do roller coasters. Shock. You know, shocked, right? You're shocked to hear that. Um, this was in Wisconsin. Roller coaster riders stuck upside down for hours, three hours to be exact. At this Wisconsin festival in the last week and a half or so, a guy named Scott Brass posted on Facebook a video of it hanging upside down. He says, quote, everyone got down safe. Kudos to the little girl who told the fireman to go rescue the older man first because he was struggling. That little girl deserves a medal of courage for sure. You believe that? You believe that for one single second? That a little girl hanging upside down said, go help the old man and not me. Yeah, that's made up. Last month, a roller coaster train derailed in Sweden, killing one person. Yeah, color me and one not to get on a roller coaster and not do any kind of amusement park rides for that matter. So go to my official list here. It was on the front page of the Times Free Press in the last couple of weeks or so. Clarksville is likely to surpass Chattanooga in population. They're only about 20 or 30,000 away and they uh, every census are are gaining more and more population and I thought about it. I know I've heard of Clarksville, right? Like I know it's a city in the state of Tennessee, but I didn't know anything about it. It's in a county that just is butts right up to Kentucky, so nowhere near here. If they want to have more people, that's fine with them. I mean, but fine with me. I, I don't think it really matters what your actual population of the city center is. My first reaction is I refuse to believe that Clarksville is anywhere near the quality of life that living in the city of Chattanooga is. Of course, that clearly could be some of my bias. With a population of over 173,000, they're just behind Chattanooga, and that will likely change in the coming years, according to uh, these stats and figures, if, if the growth continues. So I just went through here, and um, I don't know where it came from. Ten things to know before you move to Clarksville, Tennessee. And many similarities between the two, but many not as much. Population in Clarksville has grown 13% over the last five years. The cost of living in Clarksville is 8% lower than the national average, but is 4% higher than the Tennessee average. To live comfortably in Clarksville, it is recommended that homeowners make a median home income of $60,000 a year. Unemployment rate at 6.2%, which is right about the national average. The best companies to work for in Clarksville include the Clarksville-Montgomery County School System, Vanderbilt University Medical Center, Community Health Systems, uh, Agaro Clarksville, I'm assuming that's some kind of meat processing plant, and Austin P. State University. So basically work in education, healthcare, meat processing, or where or what? Where is everybody else working if that's the main source of income in good old Clarksville? 
They do have a graduation rate of 93, excuse me, 94.3%. Austin P is located there, uh, as I mentioned. The climate, same as here. Outdoor activities are somewhat similar, but not really. Not if you really look at their terrain versus ours. Restaurants and nightlife seems to be quite a bit less there than here, but some of the same type of uh, usual suspects. But one that stuck out here that I just had to mention, two of them really, from the nightlife section of 10 Things to Do in Clarksville, or to know before you move there. Fusion Bar and Grill, considered to be Clarksville's premier LGBTQ plus restaurant and bar. I think they should change the word premier to only. I would think that that would be a fair assumption that it's the only place that LGBTQ could even somewhat feel comfortable in this area. Again, assumptions by me to be sure. And A&E Bar and Lounge. This upscale bar and lounge offers karaoke, line dancing, bar food, and cocktails. Yes, the good old A&E Bar and Lounge in Clarksville. Nothing says upscale bar quite like karaoke and line dancing. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, Safety, crime rate in Clarksville is 22% higher than the national average and does fall under the cons of the pros and cons list. The pros, all the typical stuff, excellent education, job opportunities, exciting nightlife. Of course, all this is just depending on who you ask. The cons, a higher crime rate, increasing level of congestion due to the uh, population increase, lots of trash traffic, tons of construction. Yeah, Clarksville, sounds awesome. Not as we used to say back in the day. I've been holding on to this one for a few weeks, almost a month now. I'll go ahead and do it, and I'll do it quickly. I did a whole segment on this, the kid, the menace of from East Ridge. I had their names. Where is it? The, the kid, the child, 18-year-old now, I believe. He might have just turned 18 at the time. Taurus Sledge. The East Ridge SRO was Tyler McRae. There was a whole... Uh, confrontation between the gym p whatever he is coach teacher and this kid who didn't want to be involved with anything said he was sick all this nonsense and then two seconds later is shooting hoops when the teacher isn't around and then the teacher says hey i thought you were sick you couldn't do all these other activities but hey you can shoot some hoops and then it turned into this big culture war race war you know kids want to be seen teachers want to be whatever they're trying to be and um the video is all there. It's in high definition with audio. I played the clips. I spent a, a long time on this. If you're here, you maybe you remember. It's been a while now. Maybe you don't. This officer did everything right. On a podcast from an asshole like me who spends nothing but time devoted to trashing on police officers every time I get a chance because they give me so many opportunities, not because I think it's fun, not because I want to, because it's low-hanging fruit. So from a guy who, who gets, you could say, his rocks off on throwing police departments under the bus, I'm here to say, and I said the whole time in this segment back in the, when we did it, when I did it before, that this police officer did everything right. He followed all protocols. He was in the right from the jump. And this kid needs an ass-kicking so bad by somebody. Well... It eventually goes to court. 
and thankfully he gets thrown out. I don't know what the, you know, there was a charge pressed or something. I don't know. But whatever it was, it's gone. But what I hate, and I have to at least mention, is my friend, my dear, dear friend. I have many lawyer friends these days, and I have mixed emotions when it comes to the world of law and courts, certainly with courts. Don't have any trust in the law of America anymore. And my friend Chrissy Mency is the representative for this punk-ass menace to society child from East Ridge. Quote from Chrissy, we believe that Deputy McRae, what he did to Taurus, was criminal. I'm sorry, Chrissy. I love you to death. I've missed you. She used to be part of our Bonnaroo group uh, occasionally at Camp Nut Butter. She's welcome anytime. I love her dearly. She is wrong, wrong, wrong. The only criminal act, and there probably wasn't an actual criminal act, but if there was, it was this punk-ass kid. The tape proves it all. This isn't even conjecture. This isn't even people's word, my word against theirs, hers against his, white against black. I mean, whatever it is, it's all right there. There, We don't need a judge. We don't need a jury. And we don't need lawyers. But, of course, we have them. And, Chrissy, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Your client was in the wrong on that one. This was from June 20th, Finley Stadium, $150,000 in the black. The executive director is Brian Wright. He worked underneath um, Paul Smith, and I believe uh, Chris Thomas was part of that leadership of Finley Stadium at the time. I know Paul was, and um, Brian worked underneath them, then went to go uh, have some kind of position with Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that monster spaceship where the uh, Falcons play their home games. He is now the executive director of Finley Stadium, and I've got to meet this guy. If nothing else, because it's my favorite property, and I you know, I like knowing the guys that run the place, and I did for so many years. Plus, I'm just interested in uh, what makes the guy tick and who he is. And uh, anyway, so they're making money, and they're putting, they say they're going to make better concessions and all this. I'll believe that when I see it. But one thing they are looking to invest in is that protective flooring that they brought in for the temporarily for the Kane Brown show. It would take 40,000 square feet of the durable surface that could protect the field from trucks and equipment for a big show. Now, Chris Thomas was running the, the place at the time of the Kane Brown show and said, while he was you know the, the executive director, that they weren't going to do that again, that that was too much. It was too much literal pressure on the facility itself, built in 1997. Still a wonderful, wonderful building, but showing its age, and and it literal plumbing had trouble keeping up. There was such an um, an additional amount of people that are that places used to facilitating. And so, will they do this? I don't know. This kind of goes back to where do we need an amphitheater? Can we do these shows at Finley? The answer might be, you know, maybe. And as I quickly run out of time here in the middle segment, it uh, looks like we might stay all local here. Uh, torture-like conditions at Silverdale, says the attorney of Jason Chen. This is the guy that is up for murder charges of his girlfriend, Jasmine Pace. That was pretty high profile around here last year. Says, different points since his November arrest, Chen has been without water, moved to a cell covered in feces, faced freezing cold temperatures, and has been denied toiletries. I just kind of scanned through this. 
he has access, this is a quote from his lawyer, or the letter from his lawyer, he has access to a shower but is not afforded soap, shampoo, or a towel. Therefore, if he wants to shower, he must either air dry in freezing cold temperatures or use his clothes or the sole blanket he is given uh, that uh, Mr. Chen has lost about 20 pounds since coming into custody. I'm assuming these are letters and complaints from earlier in the year, maybe in January, December, February, possibly. Um, there have been many complaints of conditions at Silverdale, Silverdale over the last, uh, maybe, I guess, couple of years or so. In December, there was reported on a video showing a dirty cell with broken lights, buckets catching uh, water, an inmate in question unsuccessfully sought a transfer, and, of course, Hamlin County District Attorney Cody Womp, as the nepotism continues on the show, called the jail conditions sufficient. Now, I don't know. This kid, this dude, Jason Chen, by all accounts, by all measurement of the evidence that is out there for anybody who wants to know, no, he's completely guilty of this. I mean, the courts have not played itself out yet, but it appears that he is. But does that mean that we treat people inhumane because they're in jail? I've always had a, a little bit of an issue with this because it's always been a talking point for, well, forever, considering how many people we incarcerate in this country and how poor the conditions are for many of them. And just because you are a, a felon, or certainly if you, if you, especially if you are a convicted felon, or, or an unconvicted felon, I should say, and you have not gone through due process yet, do, does that make your civil liberties disappear? And maybe I've always been concerned about this because I've been breaking the law most of my life. Now, petty breaking of the law, to be sure, I guess it would depend on who you ask in certain situations in my life. Certainly have driven drunk enough to have killed enough people that I should long have been, been put in jail and a terrible menace to society myself. So I guess maybe I've been more concerned with this over the years because if I ever did find myself on the wrong side of those bars and those walls, which one of my biggest fears of all, I mean, claustrophobic, I'm, I'm terribly scared of heights, um, burning alive, drowning, all the things that everybody is generally, you know, at least concerned with i have a little bit of a phobia of some of those things one of them has always been landing in jail it is a terrifying sounding existence and just because you're a quote-unquote bad guy does that mean your civil liberties just disappear and you do not get uh, conditions that are uh, humane it sounds like i don't know if this is torturous that sounds like a little bit of a stretch of wording but i mean come on now but, hey, Cody Womp says it's cool. So, there you go. Uh, let's see. So, this is not local stuff here as I wind things down here in the middle segment. The student loan thing. Of course, of course, the Supreme Court was not going to rule in favor of this. Anybody who didn't know this already either didn't care enough to pay attention or has no basic understanding of the law, the Constitution, the presidential powers, Congress, the Senate, all these things. This was complete political posturing by the Democrats and this really very failing administration that is likely not going to be much of a thing into the next year and a half or so. We'll see. That's a long way to go, I know. But this was an announcement made right before the midterms. And... I mean, just seriously, who fell for this? I feel bad for the young people that fell for this. And at the end of the day, we're talking about for most Americans who qualified for this, 10 
$1,000. What is that actually going to do? I'm, I hate to sound like an overprivileged dickhead here, but get, let's, let's get real here for a minute. Let's talk dollar and cents. Let's talk reality. What is $10,000 of relief going to actually do for anybody? Now, if that's all you got, then that's a pretty nice thing. But nobody who only has $10,000 worth of student loan debt is really all that concerned with this. This is political posturing, and it's buying votes. And it very well might have worked. It very well might have worked. And now the, the, the social media teams and the production teams are getting together for their attack ads against the court, which I'm all for hating on the Supreme Court. I mean, there ain't nothing trustworthy going on there. This isn't an example of that. We can pull countless examples of the Supreme Court out of control. This isn't one of them. But they can weaponize that more now, and people will continue to likely fall for this because of the shotgun, uh, you know, rapid-fire nature of social media. Oh, the Supreme Court, well, they're bad, right? They just kicked out affirmative action. I also think another case that is very debatable as to what, how important it actually is or isn't. Now, the Roe versus Wade thing is a, co- a court completely out of control. And then you can throw this thing in here now, too. And now they've got to triple down, you know, the court is y- your enemy. And while they might not be wrong, whoever they is, whoever's making, well, the Democrats, whoever's making that uh, accusation might not be wrong, this is not an example of that. And I'm a broken record on this. Don't spend a lot of time on it here, but I used to work for a financial radio show and fill in all the time and had lots of uh, contributions as a contributor to that show on a daily basis. And the problem with student loans is that the government is in this business to begin with. They're unforgivable. They're unbankruptable. They're virtually unrefinanceable, uh, and they are—they're um, just—they're money handed out to people who have no collateral, no business being given this kind of money. Yes, it's predatory. It is, but the government needs to get out of this business altogether. They're not helping you. They're hurting you. Whoever you is, the generalized you, them—it's not helping. It's hurting. But that's not that's that's not the talking points. That's not the narrative. If you borrow money, you gotta pay it back. Kind of end of story, right? Period. If you'd like to use an exclamation point, go ahead. End of story, end of verse, as far as I'm concerned. So we can hate on SCOTUS all you want. I'm for it. I'm down. I don't trust the courts. I don't trust attorneys. I don't trust the law. I don't trust any of it. But this is not an example as to why anything i didn't get to i will clean up on the front end of the final segment of the show next and then fun with tiktok audio i scroll endlessly through social media so you don't have to i'll get to that coming up next If they want to in any way confront what's really going on, the problems in this country is you have one party in America whose sole purpose is to freeze the government and to not fix any of the problems that are associated with it. They have a great game going, which is government sucks and can't get the job done. And then they can sit as an impediment to that government and point to their destruction as evidence of their thesis. It's a great tautology. 
for whatever you want to say about the Democrats, maybe they're feckless, maybe they're, uh, uh, they, they focus too much on identity politics, or they're not fiscally responsible, at least they're fucking trying. Yeah, this is a new version of We Didn't Start the Fire from Fallout Boy. Probably pretty unnecessary. And I know all my liberal friends are just... It's a roller coaster ride with me, with my liberal friends, and I love you dearly. And they get mad at me all the time, but I always say, especially on Twitter, so, oh, GOP, GOPers, you don't get all excited now. All right, take a step back. You can F off a long time ago. (laughs) Don't mistake hating on one for liking the other. I'm in a kind of new world of just F them all, man. They're all our enemies. They're all against us. They're all not working for us. So this is um, this is going to be just all over the map. No rhyme or reason as to why I threw this together last night. The reason I knew the fireworks were still going till 1 a.m. is because I was working on it till 1 a.m. And I could still hear them popping in the background. Thankfully, don't have to worry about that tonight, at least because it's not nighttime yet. We'll see. The rednecks out here in East Ridge probably will still be popping fireworks on the 5th. If I were to be taking bets right now, that's where my money would sit. So we'll start right now as all this comes from TikTok. Some of it I'll attribute to where it comes from. Some of it, uh, most of it I won't because I don't know or care. This is uh, Billy Joel actually speaking of his uh, original version of We Didn't Start the Fire that if you look at the reviews from back then and what was it, 1989 and since, most people think it's a pretty stupid song. I liked it as a kid because it's pretty darn catchy, but Here's him talking about that song and actually saying the song pretty much sucks. A song like We Didn't Start the Fire, it's really not much of a song. Uh, if you go like this. It's a terrible piece of music, but it terrible. started out as a whole different song. The original song was this country idea I had. It was Jolie. Take me as I am And that became We didn't start the fire It was always burning Since the world been done Jolene I'm an ordinary man It's that kind of thing Harry Truman, Doris Day, Richard If you take the melody by itself Terrible It's like a dentist drill <laughs> it's like a dentist drill, Billy Joel, of his own song. So that's not officially the first piece of audio. That's just the first one I'm going to play. I'll get to that in a second. A couple of things I didn't get to a second ago. Uh, from the headline, Putin, Russia is, quote-unquote, united as ever before. You believe that? And here, Elon Musk continues to destroy Twitter, now restricting how many views of, twi- of tweets you can see a day. For unverified users, you can see a thousand posts a day. Once upon a time, that might have been a hindrance to me. It might have been. I'm not, by any stretch, spending that kind of amount of time on Twitter these days. 
10000 if you're a paying verified user, meaning you pay 8 bucks a month to have a blue check that means absolutely nothing. So that was the last two little national ones. <coughs> excuse me, national ones I didn't get to. So start right here. This guy's name is Matt Bouchel. He's a comedian, I guess. Not really anybody that anybody's ever heard of. But his thing on TikTok is he walks around New York City talking into his phone. And I've played him on here before. I'm going to play him again today. Talking about TJ Maxx. just went to TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx is a batshit insane store. Every time I go in there, it feels like an estate sale, but someone like threw a grenade at it. And that's just how everything landed is a TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx, they dared ask the question, what if there was a store where you could buy dry mango slices, single serving, but also luggage from a brand you've never heard of? It's like their whole business plan was like, what if we did a little bit of everything and the quality is just south of great? You're like, yeah, that's fine. I know it's not used, but everything feels used. They're like, they're like, we got nightstands and rollerblades. If you went on Shark Tank tomorrow and pitched TJ Maxx, they'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's so true. I haven't been to a TJ Maxx in 20 plus years and I've only been in one a couple of times of my rec- that my recollection will give me. And I don't remember ever buying anything there, but I was all the rage back in the day. Uh, here, John Stewart shows up again. American taxpayers, well, we subsidize Walmart's workforce. Corporate America gets all the benefits of American stability and fiscal policy, but bears none of the responsibility. Walmart, they make billions in profits. Their workers are one of the largest corporate users of social service programs. Why don't Walmart workers share in the profits of Walmart? In a capitalist system, um, companies have a right to distribute profits to their shareholders. Mm -hmm. This is the insidious part, I think, of when we talk about that we have a free market system. Because what it makes it seem like is that the natural order of things is that Walmart makes billions in profits and can distribute it to its shareholders. And that's just how it goes. But we know that we, the taxpayers, are subsidizing their workforce with food stamps. They're getting the benefit of our tax dollars. That was an interview with Janet Yellen, uh, in case you wondered who the other voice was there. This is a couple of weeks late, but social media was flooded with the uh, Titan. They call it the submersible. I I thought they were called submarines, whatever, the things that go underwater. Uh, This is just one that I had in my waiting in my queue, if you will. And not too many people feeling too sorry for the uh, victims of this unfortunate situation. I keep seeing people describe the submarine situation as like nightmare fuel. But like, what's scaring you guys? Is it the thought of spending quarter of a million dollars to climb into a five-foot-wide death tube piloted by a PS4 controller to travel thousands of feet underwater with no GPS, with your only communication to the outside world being a texting network run by Elon Musk? Because, like, congrats, you just don't have to do that. There's nothing less scary to me than a situation that is entirely avoidable if even one person involved has, like, any shred of self-preservation instincts. Yeah, now, I'm as uh, fascinated by the Titanic wreckage and the history of it and the story of it as anybody else. But, yeah, I mean, color me not very uh, sympathetic to that situation. This is just some spoof parody thing. Uh, Welcome to the weekend. I pretty much feel it every Friday. Welcome to the weekend. You've been looking forward to this all week long, and you've earned it. First up, 
Friday night. If you made plans, you're already regretting them because you'd really rather stay home. But if you do go out, you'll have the time of your life until Saturday morning. You get to sleep in, but you can't because you're old or hungover or both. But no worries, maybe a leisurely day spent doing what you want to do. Nope, there's too much stuff to do. Housework, yard work, work work. Then it's Saturday night and like an idiot, you made plans again and you'll have fun, maybe, but suddenly it's Sunday, a day made for resting and contemplating. But nope, Sundays are that creepy droning music that plays in horror movies right before something terrible happens. And that's something terrible? Monday. Your weekend is over. Maybe next weekend will be better. Spoiler, it will not. Have a great weekend. It's <laughs> totally me, and that was exactly my weekend. I made plans Friday night, and when Friday got here, I was like, no, oh, why did I do this? Why do I do this to myself? And um, and all that is so uh, it's so real. It's so me often. I try not to live my life like, oh, yay, it's Friday. Oh, crap, it's Monday. But let's get real. Let's be real. Anyway, that's generally how it falls for most of us. This is um, on wherever it was, probably MSNBC. Joe Walsh, not that Joe Walsh, a former Illinois congressman, Republican, talking about the end of the GOP. Look, here's the deal. No serious challenger to Donald Trump is going to criticize him or attack him. They're not even trying to beat him, Allie. All they're hoping for is that the justice system or a heart attack takes him out. But the party is gone. Our former party is an authoritarian embracing cult. If not Trump, Allie, who do they want? Who's the only other person even registering in the polls? It's Ron DeSantis. He's a Trump mini-me. There's no following for Mike Pence or Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or Chris Christie. It's hard to wrap your arms around the fact that one of our two major political parties is gone. Yeah, a little morbid with the waiting on a heart attack thing, but just about everything else and maybe even that. Uh, where is he wrong? It's not wrong in my estimation. This is uh, Tucker Carlson and then a, a follow-up uh, from a, an account that I do enjoy, Young Turks, will come after this. Yeah, he was fired, and then now Twitter is the only place where free speech is allowed. Uh, here's Give me about 90 seconds on this one. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter oh, where yeah. we are now. Okay, yeah, sure thing, dude, sure thing. 
you were lying before, now you're not, and the only platform where free speech is allowed is now the one that you're on. You were lying, now you're not. Give me a break. This is the Young Turks, their response to that. So there you have it, uh, the man who misled his audience and literally lied to them because he knew that they wanted to hear certain things is now saying that he uh, is a warrior for truth and free speech. Fascinating stuff there, James. No, but the great irony here and what's frustrating to me is that all the things that he just said in that particular clip are absolutely true. They are. In fact, the first two thirds of his video until he gets to Twitter are true. He tells you what we tell you all the time, in fact, He's almost copying us, it, almost word for word, and what our criticism of mainstream media, and by the way, Fox News and the rest of corporate media is. The problem is, he's the biggest liar on TV. We have the text absolutely positively proving it. So this guy's a master manipulator. He tells you something that at its core that is true, and then uses it to lie to you. It's amazing. Yeah, and that's um, that. That is a, one of my favorite social media sources for uh, liberal hating type uh, information. I mean, they're super liberal, but they hate the Democrats as much as anybody else. I, I, I guess it's more of a libertarian platform, even though it's really not. It, it it kind of is. Anyway, the Young Turks. If you see it, give it a listen. You'll you'll like most of it. I would think. Because most of it is pretty practical. But then again, maybe not. That's up for you to decide, I would say. Let me think. Sorry, I am kind of stalling as I try to figure out where I am here. Oh, okay, let's uh, let's also now have a little fun again. We'll continue to celebrate the 4th. This is uh, kind of the history of the world after the USA declares its independence. And with that, we declare our sovereignty from the British Empire. We do not desire the destruction of the British Empire, only our freedom from it. But maybe, if we're lucky, the French will help us out in this whole revolution thing. They'll fall into massive debt that'll cause political upheaval in France. They'll throw a revolution inspired in part by ours. Uh, it's going to tear you know, their entire monarchy apart, bringing about the perfect chaos for this guy named Napoleon to come to power. And then he'll have these crazy ideas about taking over all of Europe leading to a giant war between all of the powers in Europe called the Napoleonic Wars. Those will end, they'll sign a whole bunch of treaties and agreements that don't make any sense. And eventually uh, the assassination of a single uh, governmental leader will collapse all of Europe into the largest war the world has ever seen. And um, you know our political and physical isolation will keep us uninvolved while they destroy each other. And then we'll hop over at the last minute and kind of clean things up. And then they'll sign an agreement uh, the, the French will kind of embarrass the Germans, and that'll piss off one of the soldiers from that, that big war. We'll call it the Great War. Um, and he'll take power of Germany and then get revenge on France. And Europe will collapse again, you know, House of Cards type thing. Again, we'll, we'll stay over here and watch that happen. Um, and Germany will basically clean house. We'll show up at the last minute, get everything straight again. But in the meantime, all of those wars will have just completely decimated England. So, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> it's so good. It's so perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And uh, just a couple more here, and then I'll uh, I'll wrap things up for today's show on July 6, 2023. This is a podcast. Uh, sorry, baseball-hating uh, friends of mine, one in particular, Jeremy. Uh, but for everybody else, it's only it's less than a minute. This is a Mets podcast talking about the Atlanta Braves all-star selections that uh, were announced in the last week. The all-star game is next Tuesday. 
Look at that NL All-Star I was gonna say. roster. All these infielders either are on the Braves right now or were on the Braves World Series team. Sean Murphy, Orlando Arcia, Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Ozzie Albies, Dansby Swanson. It's all not, it's all were fair. on the World Series team or are currently on the Braves. By the way, they have Ronald Acuna, who who very well might be NL MVP. He's also an all-star. Multiple pitchers make the cut. Uh, Max Freed hasn't even been like part of this season yet. He's really good. So Braves are just really, really good, really complete. If you have a friend that's a fan of an NL East team, make sure you check on them this mm-hmm. next decade because it's, it's going to be a long 10 years because all these guys are not going anywhere. They're all locked up. It's crazy. If you're a Braves fan, you already know. I'm not telling you anything you weren't aware of. This is one incredible baseball team, and they have been for several years now and very well might be for several years to come. Hopefully can scratch out another championship out of the deal. That's very easy to say, very difficult to actually do. And the final one here I'll get to you. This is, um, we'll go back down the hater road here. It is a... Public service announcement from a capitalist hater. I'm not saying I agree with this person or their account necessarily, but uh, it's another one of those, yeah, but, you know, she's not wrong. This is your regularly scheduled reminder that we need child labor laws because capitalists would exploit literal children if they could. We need minimum wage laws because they would pay us nothing if they could. We need EPA laws because they're willing to set the entire planet on fire for their profits. We need unions because they're never going to listen to an individual worker and take them seriously. We need antitrust laws because they would create massive monopolies otherwise that would price gouge us out of literally everything. But yet some of y'all still think that they have your best intentions at heart. History has literally taught y'all nothing. And you know that that is a millennial because of the overusage of the word literally, even though in this sense it appears to be grammatically correct. And I will put the wraps on it right there. Thank you so much for finding the most listened to podcast in the city of Chattanooga at Stone on Air on all social media. I appreciate you very, very, very much. One other quick comment here. I went to the mall over the weekend. Yes, Hamilton Place Mall. And how it happened, why it happened really quickly is I wanted to go to Dick's to pick up a couple of things, sporting goods. And I noticed, oh, hell, the new Dick's here connects to the mall. I'm going to go walk around the mall for a little bit. And really, it was a somewhat enjoyable experience. Now, it might have been my nostalgia kicking in, and that was what I was remembering all the days back in the 90s of hanging out at at the mall. But I picked up a few things. It was nice to have a good selection. It was nice not to buy online and then wait for it to be shipped be able to actually try on the things that I wanted. It was actually a a nice experience. It was not completely dead. wasn't packed either. It was a Saturday afternoon evening, so I mean, if this is as busy as it gets, I guess that is a bit of a problem. But anyway, the mall is not dead, but it's pretty damn close. Talk to you again next week. See you later. Bye.